Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello, and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Jean Kuhn. Jean is a serial entrepreneur who became self-employed on April 29th, 1985 at 8.52 p.m. when the nurse put that first baby in her arms and she immediately knew she wasn't going back to a job she hated. In 2002, Jean bought her first bankrupt franchise business and turned it into a profitable cash-generating machine in 12 months. In 2006, she bought a second bankrupt franchise business and created another cash-generating business in less than six months. In both cases, Jean added $100,000 to the bottom line for each company in the first year. She did this with no list, no helper training from the franchise, and no budget for marketing. She created low-cost, no-cost marketing strategies that she still teaches her clients today. Jean has been a successful business strategist since 2006 when she started helping all types of businesses grow and scale their businesses. Welcome, Jean. How are you today? I'm great, Terry. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so happy to have you because I know you're going to have lots of good advice for boomers and women 50 and over, like those pre-boomers and then the boomers. We all could use some help. So when you bought your first bankrupt company back in 2002, you had what you call my milk crate moment. Tell us how that moment defined the rest of your life as an entrepreneur. Well, just so you know, I had 17 years as an entrepreneur before that milk crate moment. (laughs) <laughs> and I never knew what a milk crate moment was until I bought that first retail bankrupt store. And one day I, I was just feeling sorry for myself that I had just bought a bankrupt business. <laughs> and I, I found myself sitting in the kitchen, literally sobbing, like snots coming out my nose. I'm, I'm heaving that heavy caught cry where you just can't stop crying. Right. And it was and I'm I'm an ugly crier. Right. When when that happens. And I literally had this went through all of those things. Our kids are never going to go to college because I had to buy a bankrupt business. We're going to lose our dream home that we had just built because I had to buy a bankrupt business. Right. I really beat myself up pretty well for about 20 minutes. And then after 20 minutes, I thought, hmm, I had a plan when I bought this business, I'd been really busy because I had another brick and mortar business that was a different type of business in another town at the same time. So I was really a, a tad overwhelmed. And I just decided I better get my ass up off the milk crate and go to work. And that's exactly what I did. So when I, well, how did it define the rest of my, my entrepreneur career? Well, first of all, I'm only in my second act which by the way, you only get two second act, two acts, right? First act right. and second act. But right. I am in my second act. Um, I wasn't then. Well, I probably was because I was 
I, I probably was close to my mid forties at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's in your set. That starts your second act, right? Unless yes. you want to be working when you are um, 90, right? If you don't want to be working at 45 is your second act. If you don't want to be working at 90. So how that, how that affected me was if I can turn around a frank bankrupt business four years later, it just, re- it, it made me buy another bankrupt business and right. And then I, I knew that that's not what I really wanted to do. It wasn't what I was put here to do. I was very lucky at 26 to find out what my purpose in life was. And I knew at 26, my purpose in life was to help small business owners make more money. I was 26 years old. I was a new mom. I didn't have any business experience. I'd had a job up until then. Why in the hell would I think I my job is to help small business right. owners make more where, money? Right? Where did that come from with no business it, experience? That's crazy. It, it came from, because at that point I was in direct sales, it came from the fact that I spent many, many one-day events with Zig Ziglar in oh, Chicago. I love Zig come, Ziglar. I love he would him. Come, yep. Yes, he would come to Chicago every year, a couple, two or three times, and I would go every single time. And I left one event in Chicago, pregnant with my second baby. Mm-hmm. And I left there knowing that my purpose in life was to help small business owners make more money. I didn't have to necessarily do it from the stage like Zig was doing. Right. But I knew that that was I just I felt it like I literally felt like God was putting that on my heart at that time. Your your purpose in life, Jean, is to help small business owners make more money. So if you're going to do that, you maybe want to start getting into more businesses and yes. create a bigger business and start learning something. Now, that was all just a quick, real down, divine download because it literally took me the next 17 years. Right, right. To, or, well, six, 17 minus five. So whatever that is, 12 years to start business. I'd started several businesses and um, some were really successful and some were major, major flops, <laughs> hundreds right. of thousands of dollars down the drain. Right. Yep. Um, and I'm just really blessed that I, God gave me the right spouse, one that was supportive of every stupid idea I've ever tried and wanted to do. He said, he never said no. And I finally, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I'm like, you know, you could say no once in a while. <laughs> I, I don't know how I'll take it, but say, right. let's see what happens. Let's try it out. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's try I, it out. I have to tell you that I wanted to be a female Zig Ziglar when I was younger. I really did. I wanted to be that person on stage inspiring other people, but it just didn't work out for me. It was very expensive to start that kind of business. And I had four kids and a big mortgage and all kinds of stuff going on. So I didn't do that. But when I started podcasting, I kind of related to this is my way to inspire people like Zig Ziglar did through my podcast. So it's funny that we have that connection with Zig. He really did inspire and motivate a ton of people over the years. I, I am sure that him. there were other people in that auditorium when he was here, but I, I swear when I was there, Zig was just talking to me, right? That he makes that, that makes a wonderful speaker when you feel that he's speaking to you. That means he is a professional, the best of the best when he yes. can do that. So yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So that's how, that's how that all came about is that um, that was placed on my heart that that that's my purpose. Like, 
mm-hmm. many people ever find their purpose. Most people don't ever even find their purpose in life. They don't. And they don't. Really mm-hmm. blessed that I found it at such a young age. And then I forgot it. But I had to forget I had to forget it because if I hadn't forgotten, if I really had tried to do that, it would not have worked. I had right. to really spend the next probably the next um 28 years, mm-hmm. right? Learning what I didn't know about business right. through the successes and failures, right? Every failure was a lesson or, or more. Yep. So I had to learn everything that I, and it's so funny because my, my background is so diverse, sales, um, uh, dance, uh, chocolate, retail, service-based. I have such a diverse background which makes me such a great coach for so many people. I can talk to any any business owner about anything, and I have got a background at some point in in that. Not necessarily like beekeeping. I don't have a background in beekeeping, right, but right. I have a background in sales, and I have a back to help them sell more product and. And you like have that. the retail background, so bees is yeah. kind of a retail background. So yeah, you did have yeah. it. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, so now what I do is I help small business owners in their second act, mm-hmm. right? Which I love. I just love that. I heard it one day and I'm like, that's exactly it. All of my clients are prop. All of my clients are over 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, that's a lie. I have a 40 something, but, <laughs> but most of them most. are over 50. And, <laughs> right. and I would say my average client right now is about 65. Oh, my wow. Average client, right. So okay. they tend to be, but these are hardworking women yes. who are they either they don't have enough retirement or or they just don't want to stop working. So right. when when somebody else says, you know, I can't wait to retire, my people don't get that. I don't get that. Yes, right. My audience, I don't think, gets it either because most of my audience are still at least working part-time or they have a big volunteer thing they do. And yeah. I'm 73 and I'm still doing real estate, but I'm closing that portion of my life out in the next six months and then it will be my podcast. But I don't want to totally retire. I do want more time for fun. So yeah. it's going to be half fun and half podcasting, but I don't ever want to retire retire because that's when you start losing it. You've got to keep your mind active and engaged and you have to have a reason to get up in the morning and keep going. It's so important that keeps you healthy. So I agree with your people in their sixties. Absolutely. And, and you've never met so many hardworking women and it's, and I say women because listen, can I help men? Of course I can, but my clients, the ones that are attracted to me turn out to be kick-ass women who know what they want, who don't want to be told what to do. They just want, they're, they're missing a piece that's helping them make more money. And that's piece that I bring to the table is how to market your business different than everybody else. Right. So that you can stand out from your competition. The, the stuff that I come up with, it's like, like I said, it's, I have such a diverse background and, and have done some goofy, goofy things in my businesses because I didn't have any money when that happened. Right. Right. And I, I couldn't, I didn't want to take out a loan or something like that. So I created all my low cost mark, low cost, no cost marketing strategies for myself to turn around those two bankrupt businesses. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. I take those ideas and so many more and help small business owners 
turn around theirs. To kind of give you an idea, Lisa, I know everybody knows about uh, email marketing. Do you do any email marketing, Terry? I have not to this point. I don't even have a big list because I have my guests, I have their emails, but as far as my audience is, I haven't found a way to get their emails yet. So, well, that's something I could help you with, right? <laughs> is how to get your audience's emails. Okay. But good. for me, email marketing, uh, first of all, I have one rule in my, in my business, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care what other people do, but in my business, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I am 64 years old. I will be 65 later this year. And if I'm not, like you said, I want more fun. I want to do right. work half the time and have fun half the time. I yes. want to have fun all the time. Yes. Right. So if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I think email marketing is so stinking fun. Now you're the only one I ever heard say that. <laughs> that's because no one else knows how to do it right. So if that's it's okay, true. I'm going to give your audience five ways that they can uh, improve their email marketing mm -hmm. and and create a more engagement with their audience. Is yes. that okay? Yes. All right. So, no, and this is just what I learned from doing it because I like to write to amuse myself. I like to laugh. I like to have fun. And if I'm writing something, I literally put it by, did that make, did that email when I sent it make me laugh out loud? If it didn't, Sometimes I send it anyway because I'm in a hurry. But right, for the right. most part, I'm looking for something to put it in there. Some sort of little snarky, not necessarily snotty, but snarky. Um, make them think, right? Just make them think. It's like I want them to hear my voice when they read when they read my email. Right. So number one is your subject line. If you don't have a good subject line, um, nobody's going to open your emails. You cannot just. I could not put out one that says. Gene Kuhn's new newsletter. Nobody right. would give a shit. Right? No. Nobody would care. So your email, I'm going to give you a really good, um, I'm going to tell you a really quick story. So I, you, you know how you unsubscribe, you subscribe to a bunch of stuff. Right. And then you unsubscribe because you have 46,000 emails in your inbox, right? Right, right. Okay. So I was unsubscribing last year from a lot of different things I had signed up for and and um, just going down the list, I'm, I'm trying to literally take out 46,000 emails from my inbox. Wow. And um, I, I, so her, this woman, her name was Kim. I won't tell you her last name. Her name was, is Kim. And she was, I was on her email list. And I thought, okay, she's a nice woman. I've never had a conversation with her. But um, how did that happen? Oh, th I know how that happened. Okay. So I'm just unsubscribing. So I, I pull up, you know, you pull up the email and it pulls up all their email when you search for Kim, right. pulls up all of her emails, and then you can hit just one click and it'll unsubscribe from, it'll uh, delete all of them. Her for the, When I pulled up her emails, the first one on the list, the top of the list, the subject line was, well, slap my ass and call me Sally. And I thought, what? What? I have got to know more about that, right? right? So I didn't unsubscribe. Oh my gosh. What I did was I opened the email. She was selling an Instagram program and I reached out to say, hey, Kim, I just saw this. Is it too late to get in? Send it off. Well, I didn't hear back from her right away and I got busy doing other stuff. I assume she got busier and I also assumed that she probably, it was just too late. I missed the deadline, right? Right. No big deal. So, but when I sent the email, I also put in there, 
Kim, I was unsubscribing from things and when you were one of them. And when I saw the email, the, the subject line, it stopped me in my tracks. I had to find out more about it and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> she didn't see all of that. What she saw was I was unsubscribing from your your program or from your email list. And um, and now you want to be in my Instagram program, right? She was right. a little offended by that. Right. He doesn't know me. She doesn't right. know my sense of humor. I get it. Right. Two weeks later, I see a Facebook post that's talking about this bitch that, and literally use the word bitch, <gasps> that this bitch who unsubscribed told me she's going to unsubscribe and then asked if she could be in my program. Right. Right. And then she goes, and I finally responded to her. And then I don't hear anything back from her. Absolute truth. Because I got busy when it finally came. I was no longer interested. Right. Right. Subject lines are important, mm -hmm. right? Subject lines are important. Fast forward a year, Kim and I are now in the same group. We use the same coach. And she she gets a load of me on video because we we talk a lot via video in this group. Right. And and she says to me, she calls me and she's like, Jean Kuhn, can we do something? You are so funny. I want to do stuff with you. You seem like you have a good time at everything. I'm like, I do. But before we do that, we should have a conversation. Right. Because I'm the bitch that wrote to you like, she's like, you are not right. I'm like, oh, how else would I know about it? Right. How else would I know? Anyway, we're best friends now. Okay. Probably oh not gosh. best, but we're, we're pretty tight now. She, right. she came here in, in October and was a sponsor at my event last year. She's just a wonderful, wonderful woman. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I didn't unsubscribe. Right. 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 I didn't unsubscribe. So number one, subject line. Number two, the very first two or three sentences of your email should be about something personal going on in your life. How can, how can, let's, let's look at something like, um, oh, who do I get emails from? Like restaurants or uh, department stores, right? Kohl's, let's use Kohl's for an example. Kohl's is never going to do anything except tell us what's on sale, what we should be buying at that time, Right? right? That's all they're ever going to share with us. You're never going to understand or meet the person behind Kohl's. But when you're a small business owner and you're out in your community, you want people to be connecting with you. Yes. If you want to connect with your customers, share something about your life. There's a lot of different ways you can connect with people. You can connect through marriage. Maybe you've been married a long time. I've been married a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you, you can connect through kids, right? For the longest time, I was Dennis's mom, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until Dennis moved, got, grew up and moved away, right? And I became my own person then, right? For the longest, you can connect over pets, right? Yes. I, two oh, I had two dogs. I have a dog. I'm always putting photos of my dog in my Facebook or someplace because I love dogs, right? Mm -hmm. So I will connect with somebody else who's a dog lover, right. right? Now, what do you do if you have a cat, right? Right. You get rid of the cat, you get a dog, and now we, we can connect. We, we can have be best two friends. We have two cats. No dogs. <laughs> right? So now for us to connect, right, we can't connect over dogs and, or cats, right? <laughs> right. So right. there's how else could we connect? Right. So you're always looking for that way 
um, when my daughter graduated school, she had worked at those truck or graduated college. She had worked at those chocolate stores Mm -hmm. and I put her picture in her cap and gown in my company newsletter and people, those were her customers too. She had waited on them since she was 12 years old. Wow. She started working at that store at 12 years old. Yep. Right. So she was able to, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) There goes the dog. He wants to make his dog, right? Yeah. We could connect over that. So um, we can connect over a barking dog. Uh, Sorry. Somebody's at my front door, but my, my son will get it. Um, So when you're, when you're connecting with them, it could be about a, a, a million different things. Anyway, she was in her cap and gown and I had a mother from Tennessee reach out to me and she sent me the most beautiful email. And she said, thank you so much for sharing the picture of your daughter. Now, I don't even know how she was on my email list because the only way you could get in on my email list was if you came into the retail store and signed up. So at some point she had to come into there, right? Right. So she said, thank you for sharing that about your daughter. She said, I just wanted to tell you, my daughter is one semester behind. She just had to leave school this semester because she had twin baby girls, but she'll be going back next semester. And she just wanted to share with me that her daughter was also in a nursing track and that she had, and she wanted to share that she had twin baby granddaughters now. How lucky for her. Who would want to share that? Yeah, that's great. Exactly. And, and we, we sent back and forth a couple emails, but it didn't matter that she would never probably buy from my store again. Right. Right. She had been there once and she found the connection with me through my newsletter. Right. I walked into one of my, my other store one day and there was a woman who walked in and I didn't like being in that store. It was in a mall. I just, that was not my, uh, I didn't like mm. it. Right. Anyway, she walks into the store and she's on the phone and I came walking out from the, the door behind. And um, she's like, Oh, my God, jeans in the store, jeans in the store. <laughs> and I'm like, who are you talking? I didn't say that. I'm like, who are you talking to? Because for a moment, I was having an Oprah moment, I was feeling a little bit like Oprah, right? Right. Oprah in the store, right. So she's so whoever after she got off the phone, I said, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. She said, Oh, you've never met me. She said, but I know you because I read your newsletter. And your picture's in it every single time. That's 2.5. Put your picture in your newsletter. Do you know there's so many business people that are afraid to show the personal side of that? They think it's not professional, but you are so right. If we want to connect, we have to show people we're human. And we have to put our face Right. right. We've gone through the industrial age yep. with yep. all of those ages, but we're in a connection age now. Yes. If you're yes. not connecting with your clients, yep. you don't have any clients. Yep. Right. So look at, I mean, even look at your big back stores. I don't know when the last time you walked into a store, but I walked into Kohl's at Christmas mm-hmm. and I could have counted on two hands how many people were in that store. You know yeah. why? Where, where are they shopping now? Online. Online. Yeah. Yeah, online. You want to connect with your people, get their butts back into your store. How are you going to do that? You've got to find a way to form a connection with them. Yes. Right? You've got to do some community work. Not many big box stores do community work. Right. But small local business owners do a lot of community outreach. Yes. All right. So number three, you have to give them something of value in that newsletter. Right. 
at that little town that my store was in, I always put what was going on in the store, what was going on around town. It was restaurant week or it was the um, there. There's a long lasting parade that's in LaGrange, Illinois. It's called the Pet Parade. And I believe it's the longest running parade in the country. Wow. And our our little town had it. Right. So I would always talk about the pet parades coming. It was a big deal. I and bet. it would be big, big, big businesses were there too to support that. Right. Um, how else can you connect with people, right? The value that you bring them, your expertise, it could be training. It could be, t- listen, what, after, I was so successful with a newsletter that my franchise, because both those chocolate stores were franchises, my franchise gave every franchisee a uh, membership to Constant Contact. I was using Constant Contact. So Mm -hmm. then they gave every franchisee Mm -hmm. a Constant Contact account. And I never took their account because what was their, and they wrote the newsletter. They're like, we'll write your newsletter. You send it out. Well, what do you think was in their newsletter? Buy my chocolate. We've got dark chocolate. We've got milk chocolate. We've got white chocolate. We've got crunchy chocolate. We've got, nobody cares. No, nobody cares. No. Right. But what I had was I had things that we were making per more, more. Um, we did a lot of specialty things there in that store. Mm-hmm. Remember when minions were really popular? Yep. When I, I came into work one day and one of the employees had created a chocolate dipped minion where they they literally were all the colors were there. Right. Oh, my God. It looked like a minion. Wow. I'm like, how long did this take? Because. <laughs> We can't just sell those at $1.25 if they took you an hour and a half to make. Right, right. right. So, but how can you keep your people engaged? They had to come into the store to buy things. We wanted to make sure that they saw new things that we were working on. Right. It never, once in a while, and and I would put coupons in there. Oh, yes. My Mm -hmm. own coupons. Right. I didn't have to pay for them anymore. Right. Constant contact cost me $45 a month. And I could send it out as many times as I want. But you know what I send it out? Usually one to two times a month, right? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. to let people know what was going on in town. Right. And to satisfy my my ability to have more fun in my business, right? Because right. I enjoy writing it. Right. So that we talked about the value. The next thing would be something extra. Hmm. What extra can you give them, right. right? Either it could be a little more value. I would always put a chocolate recipe in there. Uh-huh. Right. I would just change the word to say the name of the franchise and the chocolate. Right. 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 <laughs> you can make this recipe, <laughs> but you're going to need to use this brand of chocolate. Right. Whether they came in and bought it, it didn't matter to me. I right. think they were all smart enough to know they didn't have to use that kind of chocolate, but it didn't matter because my whole point was finding more value for them. And then the last thing, the fifth piece is a call to action. Yes. You have to have a call to action. For your people, if you're going to connect with them, what's your call to action? Yep. My call to action was look at this, buy this, come in. Here's a password. I always, I was, when Twitter started, I had so much fun with Twitter (laughs) that people were following me on Twitter. And then I would give them a password. So it's like today, if you go in and you tell Rose is working, and if you tell Rose you've got the most beautiful blue eyes, you get 25% off. Wow. That is then I so call unique. Rose. Wow. Then I call Rose, and I'm like, if anybody tells you you've got beautiful eyes, 
they get 25% off. Wow. That's right? great. Yep. How many people were really going to take advantage of that? Actually, very few. Right. Right. right? Because it was good for that day only. Right. Like, and not everyone back. had the time. They might have wanted to, but they didn't have the time. Exactly. Or they weren't in the area or whatever right. it is. So right. those are five ways. And it t- costs almost nothing to right. do that and to connect with your people. But you've got to have it in your heart that number one, you like to write. Yep. Number two, you like to have fun. Right. Number three, you're not a you're you're not so tied up in the professional business, the profession, your professionalism right. as right. you are tied up into your consumer. Right. (laughs) Your consumerism. Right. right? Your consumerism. Because meaning that you want to serve your public. Absolutely. You know, my husband was in interior design for years and he actually was the one to go into the houses and do a lot of the work. And he would have fun with his clients who were all women. He loved to cook. So they would talk recipes and they would swap them and he would bring them stuff he cooked from home. He made his own bread, his own desserts and all. So he would bring them stuff and it really endeared him to the clients. So if one person on the street hired him to do work, Everyone on the street was doing it because, and then the women would come in and have coffee when he was there doing the work because they, he had fun, they had fun. And that's key. If everyone's having fun, it makes life so much better. Correct? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Life's too short not to have fun. Right. 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 Life's too short to go through with a gloomy, grumpy face all day long. Absolutely. Who wants to look at that? I don't want to look at that. No, no. I don't want to have that. And I want to have fun now. You really have to have fun. And I have a sister right now who unfortunately has cancer. And I keep telling her, you've got to be watching funny movies all day. Keep that smile on your face. Keep your outlook positive. But the more fun you have, because when, and belly laughs, they're the greatest. So when people open up your emails and they start laughing, it exercises all of your insides and it's so good for your health. So you're helping them stay healthy at the same time. So exactly. important. So important. Yeah. Yeah. But if they if they enjoy reading your email, yep. A man, do you do you think that anybody really enjoys reading a Cole's email? No. no. <laughs> right? No. The only reason you would open a Cole's email is to see what's on sale this month. Right. To get a the coupon. Or Am to I get getting 20% off? Am I getting 30? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And, and it's great, but if you're not going to Kohl's or you have no intention of going to Kohl's, there's no reason for you to go get that, right? No, no, so, absolutely not. That's, that's one way that your people can really start to capture a connection with their people. Yes. And um, yeah, so I, I'll let you ask another question. I think I kind of beat that email thing to death at this point. I think you did. That was great. That was wonderful advice because I have lots of entrepreneurs in the office there in their 60s, early 70s that are writing books and they have to know how to sell the book. You know, authors typically think you write the book and you put it on Amazon and it's a bestseller. No, you've got to market your book. So this is very good advice on marketing your book as well. So I have authors and all kinds of entrepreneurs and uh, women who make jewelry, and but almost all of them need to market and almost none of them know how to do it really well. So this is great. This is great. Well, um, that is something that I can help people with, right? The, the, yep. the marketing piece and, and how to do it differently 
Mm-hmm. And listen, and like you said, this, this is the sad part because Terry, you're not alone. Right. Right. You're not alone where you're not capturing emails from not only your, um, your, uh, client, your people who come on your guests, my guests. Right? Yep, yep. But you're not capturing all of the people who are downloading it. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the piece there that how can you have fun and co- collect those email addresses? Because everyone, listen, there's reasons why people build big email lists. I don't have a big email list. Your email list is all you really have when it comes down to it. Because if anything happens to social media, gone. Your email list is the only thing you have of value. <laughs> I recognize that, but I don't have one yet. <laughs> yeah, but but that the piece there is... Your your email list is money. Yes, right. Your email yeah. your email list is what you will use to earn money because the people yes. who are on there, the people who open it, want to hear from you. Yes, right. And people, are, I I hear this all the time. It's like I only have a twenty percent email open rate, and it's like, oh, that's great because the average is about fifteen. Yeah, that's excellent. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you if, if anybody who opens it, anybody who opens it, you're that much better off, right? right? Right. Anybody who opens it, you have an opportunity to at some point sell them something, provide them a ton of value, but at some point make an offer. Right. 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 Make an offer. So tell uh, us a little bit about your Milk Crate Moment podcast. Where can people find that? I think you do live streaming. Tell us when you do that. And I know there's I lots do. in them that want to want to hear you more. So that would be great. Well, my Milk Crate Moment, I think, is found on Spotify too. Okay. Um, I say I think because I turn it over to an assistant and I never go to check. So, <laughs> right? I'll check I for think you. It's there. Okay, good. Thanks. I'll check for um, you. <laughs> yeah. And listen, here's the thing a, a milk crate moment sh- it should be to other entrepreneurs, it should be educational, inspirational, and motivational, yes. right? That's the whole reason I started my podcast because, listen, it was no fun telling people that I was sitting there on an upside down milk crate, crying my eyes out, thinking I had just bankrupted my family. Right. 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 No fun at all. No. And it, and it was so true. And I felt every painful moment of that. But I know that there's other entrepreneurs out there who are having milk crate moments on an ongoing basis. If you're an entrepreneur, you have probably had a milk crate moment at least one a month. Right. 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 At least one a month. Sometimes they're not as serious, right. right? Sometimes they don't involve tears. Yes. Right. But they're just as painful because it's, you get to that point and that's actually how you know when you're ex- like in business, you will expand and mm-hmm. you will contract, right? Your milk crate moments usually happen in the contraction. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes they can happen in the expansion because you're growing and you're either not, either you're growing too fast or you're going too slow and things are not moving the way you wanted them to go. Right. Right. So every entrepreneur has had at least a major one major milk crate moment. I have, I have one a week probably, right. (laughs) Nothing, not as serious as what it was, but today I'm sitting here looking at, like I have been sick for the last three weeks. I, my first day back to work was Monday of this week. Wow. So being back, being missing three weeks. It's a lot of catching up. Yes. It's a lot of, especially when you're a solo entrepreneur, 
yes. everything you have to do. And now you've got to catch up from the, those three weeks. When I went away for the week of the podcast convention, and then I did some other things in Florida at the same time, I had to come back to all this catching up. It is. But that's one mm-hmm. week for me. You've got three weeks. Oh, you've got well, I have an assistant, but she, yeah. but she's got older parents. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to come here and possibly infect herself to take it back to her elderly parents, right. which I don't blame her. And I'm no. not upset about that. No. I want, as a matter of fact, I called her. I'm like, I'm not don't well come. enough this week. Don't come. Right. And right. Um, so I will have some help when, but her mom was not feeling well yesterday. So <laughs> she didn't get, she didn't, hasn't come back to work yet. Right. So, and, and I'm desperately waiting for her. Yes. But, I understand, right? I understand. It'll happen. You'll be, you'll catch up and everything will be fine. But I understand that when you're sick and you're a solo entrepreneur, it's difficult. Like I have to show up for a podcast when I have a recording, unless I can give the person enough notice. But if I wake up sick (laughs) that day, I have to get up and do it regardless. And then I go right back to bed. (laughs) Exactly. Or if you're a speaker, I'm a speaker, right? I, I have to go speak when I, because not be, and listen, nobody wants to go out and speak when they're running a fever. Right. But there, there have been a couple times where I had to get up, get ready, go out, speak because somebody else was relying on me, and yes. that's not the thing. I'm even if I had two days to tell them, I, right. they're never going to find another speaker. No, and not that fast. I, yeah, I don't want to miss the opportunity. Right. 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 So I would go out speak and then come, like you come back home and go back to bed. Right. Right. So, yeah, I don't think that a lot of people take their entrepreneurship as seriously as, as seriously as they need to, yes. because it's too easy when you're in charge of yourself right. to say, I'm taking a week off, right? I, I don't feel well. I woke up today. I've got a headache, right? This, I was, you had people who know me right. know that I was down for the count if I right. took a day yes. and let alone take three weeks off. I still was doing my client calls. I was still doing what I needed to do. Yep. But other than that, I was, I was laying down. Right. And I do the same thing. You push yourself to do what you have to do. And I think I get better faster when I do that most of the time, but now sometimes it's serious and it doesn't help you get better. But I find out if I just wake up with a headache, I used to get horrible migraines. So if I would wake up with a migraine, sometimes when I push myself, I can work through it. But if I just lay in bed, it gets worse and I don't feel any better. So there are cases where I can just push myself and then I'm okay again. But then other times you're just really sick and you're, you get up, you do your podcast, you go back to bed. But people listening to me would never know that I'm sick because I sound like I'm full of energy while I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I couldn't even fake some of that last week. Right? <laughs> Two weeks ago, I couldn't even fake it. But but I did what I needed to do. Right? Yes. I, yes. Yeah. I had to. You have to do what you have to do as an entrepreneur because you get a reputation for letting people down. Yes. And that's your reputation for the rest of your business life. Absolutely, I so agree with that. So tell my audience where they can find out more about your podcast, where they can learn about your programs if they want to hire you to coach them. Where do they go? Well, um, they can always go to jeankuhn.com, J-E-A-N-K-U-H-N.com. Okay. That's my website. Um, everything's on there that I have. Actually, I have a calendar on there. You can look and see what's coming up. Um, probably, Honestly, it's probably not up to date because I can't remember if I <laughs> update after January. Right. So, um, 
but like every entrepreneur out there, right? Right. There are certain things that have to fall through the cracks. And I think it's the websites that do it the most. So anyway, they, but they could reach out, send me, listen, everybody can get a free call on there. If they can get a free 20 minute ramp up your revenue in any economy call. I'm happy to talk to people, give them ideas on how they can ramp up their revenue in any economy, because in the economy that we're living in right now, everybody needs a, a unfair advantage. Yes. I'm going to give them an unfair advantage. Oh, that's wonderful. You have been such a wonderful guest, Jean. Oh, you thank you. So much fabulous advice. I know my audience is going to love it. There's going to be so many downloads this week. It's going to be incredible because it's just one piece of good advice after the other. And it's been fun and you're fun to listen to, which Thanks. that's key, right? Make everything fun. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you for being my guest. And I, I encourage my whole audience to go to jeancoon.com, look up what she does, get that free call and you'll benefit, right? Right. Absolutely. I won't let you down. Thank you, Jean. I appreciate that. Thanks for thank joining you, us today. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old. Looking to take your podcast to the next level with video? Are you looking to develop a podcast but don't know where to start? From recording and editing to final distribution and marketing, we can help every step of the way to make your podcast stand out and get the results it deserves. Contact us today at premierpodcastpros.com to take your podcast to the next level.